Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, we are going to be talking about grief and COVID-19. And, you know, is God punishing me? Uh, because we have got somebody on here who is a faith person of faith and who's also suffered loss. So why don't you introduce him, Heidi? Sure, I'd love to. So I met Don Garner, who is our guest today at a Compassionate Friends Regional Conference in Nashville, Tennessee. He is a bereaved parent. He is also an ordained Baptist minister. He is a professor of biblical studies and archaeology at Carson Newman University. And he also authored a chapter in the book, Assaulted by Grief, Finding God in the Broken Places. Welcome to the show, Don. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Heidi. And I remember our meeting at the National Conference, and I'm glad to see you again. I hope you're doing increasingly better. I am. For all of you out there, I tested positive for COVID-19 about three and a half weeks ago, and I am pretty much symptom-free at this point, except that I can't taste or smell, but I'm in a good space, so thank you. Good, very good. So, is God punishing me? Don, people are angry out there with God or wondering what's going on or what this virus is about. Is it the end of the world? You know, what's up? Well, and we only have 15 minutes. <laughs> um, it, it's a common, it's a common religious response, I think, among people of faith and people of no faith. I think it's just a typical human response when something this massive strikes everyone mm -hmm. to ask the big questions about the transcendent, the metaphysical, the theological, the religious. Um, in fact, our insurance and legal documents. I've already heard it used, call this an act of God. Wow. So insurance policies don't apply if mm -hmm. it's beyond everyone's control and no liability can be assessed, then we'll just blame it on God. We've even got that in our legal language, mm -hmm. totally out of the synagogue, the mosque, or the church, or any other faith community. So non-faith as well as faith people will ask the big question about cause, and effect. Of course, cause and effect is the work of science. So we turn to our epidemiologist about immunizations and testing and treatments uh, to understand cause and effect. The relationship of science and religion at a time like this is really interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. And some people move from one to the other pretty fluidly without even realizing they're changing, uh, changing zones of knowledge. But the big question, where is this coming from? Uh, what can we learn about it? Why does it happen? Why does it happen to some and not others? I'm going to ask you to reference back to your own loss, which is your son's death in an automobile accident. Right. Promising young man. Why did that happen? How did you figure it out? Did you have any loss of faith in connection with that? I had, I had taught these questions in my classroom for 20 years, and then I experienced the loss of Aaron 
uh, eight days after his automobile accident, single vehicle turn, uh, rollover accident, uh, eight days in neurological ICU and then brain death was declared. During that eight day period, I thought back to things I had taught my students, particularly out of the book of Job in the Hebrew scriptures. Mm -hmm. um, what is God's relationship to suffering? Why do bad things happen to good people like Job and like many others? Um, what is the connection of punishment to wrongdoing or suffering to previous wrongdoing? Uh, and I had a chance to test what I had taught. And, um, and I found it true that I don't find any need to lay causation at, at God's feet. Simply put, God creates a wonderful world that's full of randomness and choices and and we're often caught in those in those cracks. Your son gets in a car accident and then he doesn't die for eight days. Right. During those eight days, I'm imagining you prayed to God a lot. Is that true? Yes, I was actually, when I got word of his accident, I was actually in the deserts of Jordan on an archeology span dig. Wow. I counted it up one time for a speech. It was 75 hours from the time I got the news of his accident till I got to the bedside at the wow. ICU. So I had a lot of time to think and pray and reflect and sort through uh, to hope that he would recover and realize that he probably would not. Um, so did you wonder why God hadn't answered your prayers? Uh, honestly, that my theology of prayer, what I believe happens when we pray is, is still um, a place of real work for me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think you just post a message on God's inbox and then God responds. Um, I, I think it's a lot more complex and relational than that. A lot more uh, psycho relational, spiritual relational. One of the things that has brought me comfort, and this is a Christian response, but um, those who are not Christian know the story of Jesus dying on the cross and the Christian claim is that he is God's son. One of the things that's brought me comfort as a Christian is that God lost a son too. Mm -hmm. And, and God can enter into my pain because God has been there. Oh, um, I love this. Yeah, I had a, I wrote an article once on, thank God it's Friday and connected the death of my son on Friday with the death of God's son on Friday mm. and, and talked about how that kind of destitution, that kind of loss and pain is something that God is familiar with. And I don't think God would inflict that on anyone. For people that are sheltering in right now, they've yes. had a loss. What do you suggest to them now when they're in these dire straits and now they can't go out and, you know, the grieving process? I do think it's important to connect, even if it's by cell phone or FaceTime video on your cell phone or by Zoom. I think it's important to connect with others that you can trust to share with you, to listen to you, because we bereaved parents early on, especially need to talk. We need to be heard. We need to ramble and we need patient friends and family who will let us ramble. That's all a part of the catharsis or the expression of processing the, fe the, the, the loss of grief. Uh, it doesn't take but one or two of those folks as listening ears and they don't have to say anything. In fact, it's best if they just listen, reach out. Another way to reach out is to, is with your own memories, uh, look at the pictures, 
get out the photographs, mm -hmm. uh, hold up a photograph on the Zoom screen or the FaceTime phone call and say, do you remember this? I think memory and sharing memory with people who will listen has, has always been important to us these last 20 years since Aaron uh, has been gone from our presence. I've had to teach my friends early on that I'm going to talk about my son and bring up his name at lunch. Yeah, and like if that. that makes them uncomfortable, then, you know, I just have to do that. I can't just suppress that he ever existed. They're afraid I'll cry or they're afraid they'll hurt, hurt me. Uh, but I remember the moment I could show you the chair in the restaurant where one of my friends said, well, I remember the time Aaron Garner said so-and-so. And he just brought it up wow. in the lunch group freely because it was organic to the conversation. That is a real gift. So yeah. what is your suggestion if, if I feel like I could bring God into my life, it might help me get through this time. Yeah, I think this is a time to revisit the real foundations of our humanity. You know, what are our core values and where did we get them? Sometimes life gets busy and people don't get to church or synagogue or mosque and a formal religion has not been important. They even get busy raising children and going to out-of-town soccer tournaments for the weekend, uh, been there, done that. So it's, it's not a matter of what happened or why I'm not in touch with God. This is a time, I think, where core values, particularly values of faith and doubt, need to be surfaced honestly. There are many churches and synagogues that are working hard to connect with people who are feeling isolated. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would take much initiative for a grieving person to email or contact on a website and say, I lost a child last week. Do you have someone who understands that could start an email pen pal with me and let me just pour out what I'm feeling? Sometimes it's safer with a stranger, but you want to know that they're coming from a solid place of faith and support, that you can trust your pain to folks who will understand and who will listen carefully. There are a lot, over 20 Facebook pages that are private for people that yes. have lost children, siblings, and grandchildren through the Compassionate Friends that they could join right now to get support. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. The Compassionate Friends. It's easy to find on the internet and look at the Facebook pages and their, their dedicated groups that are monitored, but that are confidential. So you get the best of both worlds. You get privacy, but you get transparency too and sharing with people who understand. Have you got any rituals that you think might help people right now? Um, any thoughts on rituals or things that they can do, prayer or any kind of... Well, I think it's always, I think prayer is always good because it, it takes what's inside of us and gives us a chance to focus it and then direct it to the higher power, God or, or someone outside ourselves, something outside ourselves. And uh, people of faith, I know, will often focus their prayers with each other and it becomes a part of sharing a kind of three-way conversation. Here's what I have to say to God in your presence or another person, a pastor or a helper might say, my prayer for you is that you would know a sense of peace today that, that you did not know yesterday. So sometimes the conversational aspects of prayer, ritual, conversation with a human friend and conversation with the divine uh, helps us to clarify our thinking, put things into words, and be in touch with what we're really feeling emotionally. We certainly learned in this crisis, being present to the emotions of the moment, naming what we're feeling, 
uh, honestly surfacing that is, is really an important part of our health. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Don. It's really been delightful and uh, delightful to see you. Thank you for helping me to, to say some things that have meant a lot to me for a long time. Thank you, Don. And thank you for bringing hope to so many people out there. And I know your son is your guiding light. Thank you. Yes, he's an inspiration every day. And thanks, everybody, for listening today and joining us. And Heidi and I, and I'm sure Don, always want to remind you all that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.